The Midwest Crime Files is an unscripted true crimes podcast. In it, we discuss heinous crimes and how they are committed. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to the Midwest Crime Files. I'm your host, Gina. And I'm Chris. We're here to tell you the stories of small towns and the heinous crimes that changed them forever. This week's story brings us to Gahana, Ohio. Gahana? I guess. G-A-H-A-N-N-A. Gahana it is. So, anyone from Ohio, if I'm saying it wrong, just let me know. Um, so, this is a unique story because... Well, you'll understand when I get into it, but this was one of the very first cases where the victim testified at her own murder trial. That's odd. Yes. So it's called Witness for the Prosecution, the Murder of Judy Malinowski. On August 2nd, 2015, patrons at the Speedway gas station in Gahanna, Ohio, were horrified as they watched a man pour gasoline on a female and set her ablaze. Nearby bank surveillance cameras captured the horrific scene. The couple was seen arguing before the woman went to sit in the grass behind the speedway station. Moments later, the man approaches her with a gasoline can, pours it all over her, and lights her on fire as she tries to get away. The woman, 31-year-old Judy Malinowski, was about to begin a long and painful battle for her life. So if you haven't figured out already, this is a horrific yeah, case. This this sounds like utter fuckery already. And yeah. It is a horrific case that involves domestic violence. Judith Ann Hens- Hensel Malinowski was born on August 26, 1982 in Columbus, Ohio. She's the daughter of the late Thomas Hensel and Bonnie Bowes. She's the oldest sibling with a younger sister and brother. Judy was a 2001 graduate of New Albany High School where she was a popular girl and she was homecoming queen. Judy was beautiful and outgoing and so it was not surprising that she was even crowned Miss New Albany in a pageant. After high school, Judy attended Ohio State University. Judy decided she wanted to get married when she was 21, and she quickly became a mother of two little girls. She loved being a mother, and her girls were her entire life. But in 2006, Judy was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. As a result of her diagnosis, she underwent a total radical hysterectomy. Can you imagine, like, being that young? Not that young. 24. Yeah. And she had a total hysterectomy. After the surgery, as is pretty common, Judy was prescribed opioid painkillers. Like many Americans, the prescription medication led Judy down a path of life-changing drug addiction. 1.6 million Americans suffer from opioid use disorder, many of which began their addiction after being prescribed opioids following a surgical procedure. It's amazing that, you know, a drug that is so good at keeping the pain away is so damn addictive. Right. 
And, you know, we've seen this in, throughout healthcare and, and even in g the general public now knows about the opioid epidemic and, you know, what the problems were. We had all these drug companies in the 90s and early 2000s, you know, pushing their pain meds and you could go to the doctor for just about anything and get an opioid prescribed to you. And now we have millions of people who are addicted and, you know, what happens when you can't get any more opioids from a doctor? You start using things like heroin. Right. The addiction destroyed Judy's marriage, and it eventually led her to just that, a heroin addiction. She entered rehab in hopes of cleaning up her life, and in the spring of 2015, Judy was home following her rehab stay and enjoying being a mother to her girls. Her mother actually was having custody of the girls, but she was living with them again and taking care of them and seemed like she was getting her life back on track. She was sober. She was building back, you know, what she needed to do. She connected on Facebook with an acquaintance of her ex-husband's, a construction worker named Michael Slager. The two began to date and it quickly became apparent that Michael was not a good influence on Judy's life at all. Judy and Michael shared their first date and pretty much were together constantly after that. He never really left her apartment after the first date. Just kind of moved in. Michael provided drugs to Judy, fueling her addiction and dependence upon him. And so we see this a lot too, you know, where there are not necessarily men, sometimes it's women, but, you know, their way of abuse is control. So if somebody has an addiction, whether it's drugs alcohol or even food they continue to provide that because that makes them in control it's, i i have never i can never like comprehend how people want that in a relationship to to be just totally dominant and controlling of somebody well you've seen my 600 pound life right? right i mean it's that's full of people who they don't want their spouse to lose weight because they don't want their spouse to not be dependent upon them they want complete control and dependence upon them the two had a tumultuous relationship and it really became abusive pretty quickly. Michael was possessive. He often um, tried to turn Judy's mother against her own daughter. He would say things like, you know, she's out of control, she's using drugs, you know, basically trying to turn everybody else against her so that he would only be the only person she had. What a dick. Yep. Her mother soon noticed that she had bruises. And also, it became pretty evident that Judy had relapsed. Michael once choked Judy to the point that she was in fear for her life. At that point, she tried to end the relationship, but she always seemed to find herself back with Michael. Probably because she's an addict and he's providing for her. Right. Despite nearly a dozen calls to her apartment for domestic violence, no charges were ever filed. Now, I will say... A lot of those calls were not her calling on him. They were also him calling on her. Bullshit. Not that she was even doing anything. I'm not saying she was, but he liked to manipulate the situation. Fuck. You know what I mean? Turn yeah. people against her. Although their relationship only lasted a few months, it was very dramatic and disturbing. Michael frequently called the police on Judy for various reasons, which law enforcement now believes was an attempt to control her. Like, you're going to do what I say or I'm going to call the cops and you're a heroin addict. Who are they going to believe? Judy shared with her friends and family that she was afraid of Michael and she thought that if she tried to leave, he was going to kill her. 
And I would believe that too. He's a psycho. Like this is a psycho, like a psychopath. Judy shared with her friends and family her fears, and she felt that her history of drug abuse caused law enforcement not really to take her seriously. And that's what's sad to me. Like, even the police officers, you know, that responded to these disturbances and stuff really didn't believe a whole lot that she said because she was a heroin addict. Right. And that's kind of a shitty concept, but unfortunately, that's the truth in in today's society. It's sad. But it seemed like maybe there was going to be hope because in early August of 2015, Judy was accepted into a drug rehabilitation program. And so she was going to leave and she was going to go to rehab and Michael offered to drive her. On August 2nd, 2015, Michael and Judy were on their way to the rehabilitation center. They stopped at the Speedway station for cigarettes. The surveillance camera shows the two arguing outside the gas station. Judy appears to throw water or soda, something in a foam cup, on Michael. And then you see him walk to his vehicle and obtain a red gasoline container. He walks back to Judy and he pours the gas can over top of her. Moments later, he bends down and lights her on fire. The horrific scene caught on camera shows Judy struggling for her life as she's engulfed in flames outside the gas station. What a fucking horrible thing to have done to you and to witness. Right? Could you oh imagine just you're walking in to get your Slurpee for the day and you and see then, something like that? Yeah. Fuck. I just can't even imagine. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, burns are probably the, the most worst. painful thing. Right. And they're so they're so hard to fucking heal too, because mm-hmm. you got to remember your skin's like your your body's natural defense, you know. And if you're burning away all the skin, God, the infections that have that happen and Fluid shit like that. Loss. That's why like people that have like massive burns to their body, they don't really recover because it's it's just so much trauma that happens. Right. At the hospital, Michael Slager told authorities that he and Judy had had a fight. But he said that the fire was accidental. He said he bent down to light her cigarette, and that's how she caught on fire, and it was an accident. What do you think of that? Bullshit. So you just poured the gasoline on her? I accidentally poured this this can of gas on her, and then I lit a cigarette. Right. Fuck off. Police quickly found the surveillance footage from the nearby bank and obviously didn't believe a word that Michael Slager told them. It was pretty obvious that he had done this intentionally. And so while he was in the emergency room being treated for his own burns on his hands, he was put under arrest as Judy fought somewhere else in that same hospital for her life. And she was pretty severely injured. Michael had a criminal history. His criminal history included menacing, making false police reports, domestic violence, assault, rape, petty theft, endangering children, sexual battery, disorderly conduct, stalking, resisting arrest, failure to register as a sex offender, and obstructing official business. That's a lot of shit. And some that, many of those were multiple counts, by right. the way. That's a lot of shit. He had a long history of disturbing and abusive behavior, and he had spent quite a bit of his life in prison already. 
Following the tragic incident on August 2nd, 2015, he was charged with felonious assault and aggravated arson. He was facing 11 years in prison. That's shitty that that's all the fucking punishment that a person gets for setting another human being on fire. Right. Like, right. Like, she might be alive now, but, like, she has no quality of life after this, you know? Like. Right. Like, fuck you. And you get out, like, oh, 11 years, you'll be done in five or six. Fuck you. For setting a human being on fire. And plus, you're, like, like, you had multiple felonies beforehand. But, yeah, let's go ahead, justice system. Let's just fucking only 11 years. Because he's a great guy. Right. Fuck off. Judy had severe burns to nearly 80% of her body. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I didn't didn't mean to say Judy. I mean. It's just a lot. That's. That's a whole shit ton of burns. All of her hair was gone, and the skin on her face was burned beyond recognition. Judy was taken briefly out of sedation to speak to police officers, where she confirmed that Michael Slager had purposely set her on fire. As the trial for felonious assault and aggravated arson neared, Judy was still fighting for her life. She underwent nearly 50 surgeries and was resuscitated at least eight times that means her heart and lungs stopped at least eight eight times times. jeez and they did cpr and brought her back fuck (laughs) it's awful yeah but this motherfucker is only gonna get get 11 years max the battle she was fighting was painful and awful and like i said earlier burns are like the most painful thing a human being can experience right it, oh god and then all the nerve fibers like mm-hmm. nerves like coming coming back and like regrowing and shit if they do oh god think about it like how bad your leg hurts whenever it falls asleep yeah now imagine that pain like at, on 80 percent of your body but it never goes away so let's make this even worse she's a heroin addict who has oh, a high tolerance fuck. to opioids so fuck. what are they gonna give her Delotted. That's going to even touch her. They had Would to they... give her massive doses, which Are... of course she didn't want because she was trying right. to get into recovery. Would they? I wonder why they didn't do like a medically induced coma. They did for a while. Fuck. But here's the thing: Judy was determined. She wanted to testify at Michael Slager's trial. Good for her. And in order to do that, you know what that means? That means she can't be on opioids. Right. The defense team realized that if Judy were to testify against Michael Slager at his felonious assault and aggravated arson trial and was cross-examined, this testimony would be admissible in a future murder trial should she die. For this reason, the defense advised their client to withdraw his not guilty plea and instead plead no contest, which apparently means he doesn't even have to admit fault. He just has to accept the punishment. That's horseshit. Right? So he gets to go into court and Judy is not able to confront him in court or testify against him and he doesn't have to admit his guilt. He accepted that, pled no contest, and was sentenced to 11 years in prison. Although the judge stated she felt he deserved much longer and that if she could, by law, sentence him to more, she would. 11 years, though, was the maximum sentence allowed by law. Fuck you. Right? With her mother, daughter, stepfather, and siblings by her side, Judy fought courageously for nearly two years. 
23 months of treatment, more than 50 surgeries. She fought all of this. Can you just imagine how hard that is? She never left the hospital in that 23 right. months. Just an awful experience for anybody. And she was determined, though, that she didn't want to just fight for her life. She wanted to change the law. She wanted legislation that would increase the maximum sentence for felonious assault when the victim experiences disfigurement or a serious injury to 20 years. Fuck that. More than 20. Like, I'm glad that they're petitioning for more, but fuck no. Right. No, however, like, you stay in jail until I die. How about that? Well, Judy said this, quote, if my story helps just one woman, that's all I want. I got a life sentence and he didn't. End quote. Fuck. Fuck. I mean, she did get a life sentence. Yeah. She also told People Magazine um, that from her hospital bed, she fought with her family to pass Judy's Law in hopes of helping women who were victims of domestic violence like herself. As her condition worsened, Judy met with law enforcement officers and became determined to do something that had never been done in Ohio before. Judy wanted to testify at her own murder trial, knowing that she was not going to survive her injuries. Still in the hospital, 18 months after her initial injury and first surgery, Judy Malinowski won a motion and was granted permission to give a videotaped deposition that would be admissible in any future trials Michael would face for her murder. In order to do this, however, Judy had to be weaned off all of her pain medications in order to be considered competent. Fuck. Awful. Yeah. So Judy, who had a history of drug addiction, was on really high doses of pain medication due to these severe burns. She endured weeks of tremendous, unimaginable pain as she was weaned off these medicines in order to give her testimony. She could have at any point said, you know what, I just want to be comfortable. Screw this. But she's like, no, I am going to get justice one way or another. And so she she endured that pain and suffering so that she could give the deposition. Her pain was strong, but her determination was stronger. Michael Slager asked the judge to allow him to be in the room when she recorded her statement for the deposition. What the fuck? I guess his right to... to face his accuser? Yeah, face his accuser. They're not in other... Like, that's not allowed in any other depositions, is it? I don't know. I don't know. But fuck you. No, 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 no. No, go fuck yourself. Well, the request was denied. The judge said no way. What? Do you want to be in there just so you can intimidate her more? probably. His attorney was allowed to be there. Yeah, I understand the attorney being... But he was not. Like, they can object to certain questions and stuff like that during the deposition. But I don't... Fuck. No, go fuck yourself. Judy Malinowski gave a videotaped deposition in which she explained what happened on August 2nd, 2015. She admitted that she was arguing with Michael and she threw a cup of soda at him and she watched as Michael went to his truck. He returned with the large gasoline container and soaked her in gasoline while calling her names. She described the burning in her throat from the gasoline. She said she was begging for him to stop and help her, but that he ignored her and said, quote, see what I do to you, bitch, 
end quote. You can see him just kind of sit down and watch her burn until somebody else comes. Then he acts like he was worried about it. Jesus Christ. Like you can see that he, he was just going to watch her burn. He then, she then recalled watching him pull a lighter out of his pocket and walking towards her with the lighter. She denied smoking a cigarette or asking Michael to light a cigarette as he had said. She said she cried and begged for help as he lit her on fire. She described his eyes as black. She gave a three-hour deposition that included cross-examination by the defense in which her drug abuse history was put on trial. It was basically used to make her look bad like she wasn't credible. You know, just like the cops and shit were using it like, oh, that's not a credible call. We don't need to really go to that abuse call or whatever. Yeah. So how sad is that? That Fuck. because she had an addiction, like, but she held her own from yeah. her hospital bed with all these burns, knowing that she's going to die. She held her own and said, you know, yeah, I had a problem. That doesn't change what he did to me. On June 27th, 2017, Judy Malinowski died from her injuries nearly two years after the situation. She never left the hospital. She was there for 23 months. Judy signed herself up for hospice care, expressing that she was ready to be at rest. Judy passed peacefully with her mother by her side, and she was buried at Forest Lawn Memorial Gardens in Columbus, Ohio. She left behind her two young daughters, mother and stepfather, and siblings who adored her. Following Judy's death, Michael Slager, still serving his sentence for the felonious assault, was charged with first-degree murder. Michael pled not guilty, and the state of Ohio announced that they planned to seek the death penalty against Michael Slager. Well, that escalated quickly. Well, yeah. Fuck you. Like He deserves it. He deserves anybody it. Anybody deserves the death penalty. Right. While awaiting trial, Judy's law was passed through the Ohio legislator on September 7th, 2017. So now in the state of Ohio, any attack, a felonious assault that results in disfigurement has a 20-year maximum instead of 11. Good. At least, at least something good came out of it. I hate to say it that way. Right. You know, like, this is one of those ones where I'm, you would rather have the person back than not any, you know, than any of the things that happened for it. But at least that law passed. Right. The defense fought to have Judy's deposition excluded from evidence stating that admitting it violated Michael's right to confront his accuser. You saw that coming, right? Can any murderer face his accuser? Right. Like, go fuck yourself. Like, Well, normally the murder victim doesn't get to testify, though. That's... The judge ruled, though, that since Judy was cross-examined during the deposition by the defense, that he very much did have the opportunity to confront his accuser. And so the videotape was admitted into evidence. Good job, judge. And she became one of the fa first people in the United States to testify at her own murder trial. Has there been more? There's been a few now. Oh. Situation similar to Judy's. Okay. Facing the death penalty, Michael's defense team requested a plea deal that would allow him to plead no contest, again, not admitting any guilt. Go fuck yourself. No, no, no. And that's what the pr prosecution said. Nope, we're not doing that. There would be no deal considered unless Michael admitted and took responsibility for his crime. 
Michael Sager's defense team finally agreed to a plea deal in which Michael would plead guilty to first-degree murder and give a full allocution of his crime. In exchange, the death penalty was waived and Michael was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. On July 5th, 2018, Michael Slager entered his plea deal and was sentenced to life in prison and he will never have an opportunity to be paroled. He will spend the rest of his life in the Ohio Department of Corrections. Her testimony was played to the court during the sentencing hearing, ensuring that Judy's voice was heard. Judy Malinowski should be remembered for her bravery and her determination. She was one of the first people to testify at her own murderer's trial. She endured severe pain and suffering to ensure she could provide this testimony. She fought courageously for 23 months, not only for her life, but to change the criminal justice system and help women who were suffering domestic violence. In my book, that makes her a hero. Oh, she's more than a hero. Like, sainthood. Right? And on our blog, you can see a picture from the time when Judy gave her deposition nearly two years after the attack. Yeah. If you're experiencing domestic violence, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or go to thehotline.org. And I will tell you, you know, it's very sad to look at these pictures, but if this story touched you, I think it's an important thing to see what this beautiful girl looked like and what was done to her. Right. And how she spent her final days. Right. And just to see what kind of, just to show what kind of monster this fucker was right if you guys want more information about this case go to the midwestcrimefiles.com you can look and click on the link for this for this week's episode and at the very bottom gina lists out all of her references and if you feel like giving doing a little bit more you guys can go to patreon.com slash the midwest crime files and you guys can donate up to ten dollars a dollar Anything you want, really. We just appreciate the support. Yeah, we, and we appreciate you guys. You know, and I see that when we were doing this uh, recording today, I pulled up on Wix. More people keep sending us. I love it. Keep sending us stories that they want to hear. Guys, that's what you need to do. Either hit us up on Facebook or hit us up on the website. Either one. And you guys can. I mean, we've done numerous, numerous, numerous stories. Yes, from, listener requests are my from, favorite ones yeah. to do, and they're Be, usually the best stories. Because they're ones that we know that you guys want to hear. They're usually the best ones, too. They're just they're just really gripping, appealing, and usually kind of local stories, and I like those. So. Yep. But if you guys, I think that is it for this week, and we'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye.